How are you all doing? <laughs> the Bible. <clears throat> well, we got a few minutes here, uh, so allow me to uh, share a little bit of the Word. Now, John Gonzalez, do you have a watch? At 25 till, will you just stand up? <laughs> Wave at me. <laughs> Take your Bible, if you would, and if you didn't bring one, find one in front of you, because I want to just read a couple of scriptures for you this morning and um, share for a couple of minutes about them. How many of you really believe that God is doing a new thing. I mean, really, not, the, you know, that's the verbiage. You know, yeah, God's doing a new thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of you really, you know, as much as you know yourself, believe that God is, because he wants to, do a new thing? Are there any, is there anybody in here? There's a good, good number of people. Uh, this morning... I want to share just a little bit, um, and uh, Judd tried to find a broken mirror and couldn't, <clears throat> but you have one on the front of your bulletin. That is a picture of a broken mirror. And I want to ask a couple of questions. Uh, did you ever wonder why it's sometimes so hard uh, to see God for who he really is. Anybody besides me? Come on, you can be honest in church. Have you ever wondered why it's so hard sometimes to see God for who he really is because he is sometimes obscured from our sight? Have you uh, ever asked yourself, well, why you have such a hard time seeing yourself as God says he sees you? couple of us? That's good. <clears throat> if you struggle, as in reality every one of us do, with seeing God for who he really is, and then seeing yourself for who you really are, um, you'll have a real hard time seeing other people for who they are. Did I say that right? Let me, let me step back to make sure I said it right for me. If you have a hard time seeing God for who he really is, you'll have a hard time seeing yourself for who God says you are. And if you have a hard time seeing God for who he really is and seeing yourself for who God says you really are, you're going to have a hard time seeing other people for who God says they are. Selah. That's a psalmist word for chill out and just think about that for a minute. Take a pause. So I believe that there is an enemy because 
When I look into this word, it says there is an enemy uh, who from the very beginning uh, tempted Adam and Eve. That's my, by the way, if you don't know who they are, they, Adam was my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
by which the people of the earth, human beings, uh, have looked at themselves uh, in a broken way. You ever looked into a broken mirror? Anybody? Anybody? You know, there's, there's, it goes all kind. It, it, the image is split in many different uh, directions. So the mirror represents the shattered image in a fallen people by which uh, the enemy distorts. Now, see, after the fall, after the, after the enemy tempted Adam and Eve to mistrust God, all of a sudden, the, the mirror was broken by which they could see who God was. And they begin to question, is God really who he says he was? Maybe I can do it better than God, is the implication. You see, our, the image of God is distorted. That is how we see God, so we can't see God accurately. Secondly, not only does he distort our image as we look into the mirror and behold ourselves, we see a misdirected, a distorted image of who God is because we're looking at God through our broken lens. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, and, and then secondly, uh, we, we have a distorted, not only distorted image of God, but uh, we also hold a broken image of ourself. If we don't see God accurately, we're not going to see ourselves accurately. And if we don't see God accurately and ourselves accurately, beholding our image as in a mirror, then we're going to miss out on God's mission in the world, of which every one of his children have been called to participate. Now, right now, uh, God is raising up a church. How many of you like the phrase, but God? <laughs> you, know, you know, Adam and Eve, they did this, and the enemy came, and they tempted them. They didn't know who God was. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know their mission on the earth. But God. See, God is able to fix his church. Somebody ought to shout. Woo! I am so glad. Because if we view her, the church, through the broken lens of not understanding who God is and through the broken lens of not understanding who we are as his children, as his friends, then we're not going to understand that God has a plan and it's perfect and he's going to fix his church. The people who were born of his spirit, cleansed by his blood, and brought into a kingdom under a king who will reign forever and ever. So we live our lives sort of in a defeated tailspin, looking around at our broken image of God and broken image of ourselves and broken image of the church, and I'm afraid that the world's understanding of what God is doing begins to encroach into my understanding so that I begin to question everything about God, about myself, about other people, and about his mission in the world. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Whew, took me a lot to get at. Now, I want to read a couple of scriptures. We have five or six minutes left. 
John. Uh, so turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'll see how far we get here before John either stands up or waves. I want to read a couple of texts to you this morning, and maybe that's as far as I'll actually get. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now I want to begin with verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says this. Now Paul, the apostle, the apostle Paul, radical conversion broken image of God, broken image of himself, religious tyrant, you know, Saul, uh, didn't understand what he was about in the world, meets Jesus, the king. And God began to fix his mirror. Everybody say that with me. Fix his mirror. Come on, somebody didn't participate. God fixed his mirror. So that in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I hope you all have your Bible. I'm reading from the New King James. Some of you might be reading from the New International Version or some other version. It, Paul says this, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now that's another way of saying that the cracks begin to vanish in our understanding of who God is. The cracks begin to vanish in our understanding of who we are. And the cracks in the mirror, the lens through which we perceive life, begin to vanish in terms of how we understand the mission of Jesus in the world. What's he trying to do right now in the year 2014, somebody would say. In fact, that was me. Now let me skip down to chapter 4. Now what have I just said there? Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You know what a veil is? It's the ability not to see. You know, now women wear a veil, you know, and they can kind of see through it. That's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about when a person's ability to see is taken away. It's taken away specifically when one turns to the Lord. Now, you might be here this morning, and you say, I've been a religious man or a religious woman all my life. I've tried to do my best, and I'd say amen and a hallelujah. I have done everything that I know to do, and this text would say, God isn't all that impressed. What he's impressed with is when a person turns to the Lord. Somebody go, oh, that's good. Now, what's turn to the Lord mean? When a person, that, see, that's what repentance is. And the church has been sold a bill of goods, I think, at some level anyway. We've been told that repentance is feeling sorry and beating yourself up for being human. Come on, anybody feel that way? Now, I, I know there's a, there's a godly sorrow involved in repentance, but the church has beaten people up because they're human. Any humans in here? Anybody? Come on. Anybody? You're all timid. 
I'm just wide open. I can't help it. So. Now, when anybody turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away, the cracks begin to vanish because we begin to see ourselves as God sees us. Therefore, verse 1 of chapter 4 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, that is, the, we'll get to that, transformation by the Spirit, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Number two, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Yeah, that is turning. Uh, uh, not walking in craftiness nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3 is where I wanted to get at. Remembering verse 16 of chapter 3, Nevertheless, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 3 of chapter 4 says this, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. What that means is, if we are unable to see God for who He is, if we are unable to see who God says we are, and if we're unable to be apprehended by the ministry, His vision, and His mission in the world, it might be that we're still perishing. They go, that's not a very popular message. I don't care about being popular. What I care about is helping men and women and young people come in to the kingdom of God and recognize who God is, who they are, and what He's doing in the world right now through the people of God. Let's continue to read. Got a couple more minutes here. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, the God of this age, remember I started talking about the enemy and everybody got kind of, woo, what's happening? The devil made me do it. In whom the God of this world, whose minds, the God of this age, has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. Of 2 Corinthians 4. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who has shown, read it with me, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So that right now, we have, verse 7, this treasure. What treasure? The tre look, look at the word. What treasure? The treasure of the one living in us who has shown in our hearts, who brings light out of darkness, and who has given us an experiential understanding of the knowledge of who God is. That's the God who is the treasure that we have in earthen vessels. In order that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, beloved, 
God is looking to roll back the unbelief in your life and mine see I would not dare preach the Word of God to you if I don't first preach it to myself so what God seems to be after in this day is helping a people understand who God is from a biblically accurate uh, image or reflection that only comes from His Word. What God is after in this day is to help you and to help me understand not only biblically and accurately who God is, but now who I am in Him. And if I ever get that, an accurate glimpse of who God is, and an accurate glimpse of who I am now in Jesus, I will begin to understand for the very first time my purpose, my destiny, and the, and the mission that God is on. God has not given this church a mission. Everybody shake your head. I know this sounds like heresy. God has a mission that he has given to this church. Sounds like a play on words. They're not really, isn't it? You see, when we understand who God is and who we are, we begin to understand his, his mission. Now let's go back up to chapter 3 and see if I can conclude in a minute or two. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going back up to where I started, 16. It says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And what that means is, well, let me read the next verse. For, for the, now the Lord is the Spirit. Can you say that with me? The Lord. Y'all are really weak this morning. Let's say that again. The Lord is the Spirit. That's what this says. And where, that means where in proximity and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, liberty means a freedom from distortion. It doesn't mean so I can be dumb and stupid and jump around. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that. It means, thank you, John, one minute, I'm closing. Stand up in one. <laughs> now, the Spirit of the Lord is where the... Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from distortion, freedom from self-deception, and freedom from co confusion about the mission in the world that God's called us to. But we all with unveiled faces. Now, now, now those who believe, we just read about in 2 Corinthians chapter... No, 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 it wasn't. It was... Uh, yeah, whatever it was. Verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 4. Now we all with unveiled faces are beholding ourselves uh, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. When we believe, we begin to look in a mirror and we see that God has done something. We see who God is, first of all, and we behold in a mirror the image of of God. That's what it says. We behold in the mirror the image of God, 
and the glory of the Lord, and we are thereby being transformed into the same image as the Lord. From glory unto glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How shall I land this plane this morning? I don't know. But what I want to say to you, as I have said numerous times to myself, believing in the Lord is more than an intellectual understanding. It is a supernatural event and a supernatural journey by which God gets all of your life because he has the notion that he is the great king. Come on, smile at me. That's what God's doing in the earth. And when we understand who he is and we begin to see ourselves accurately for for who we are in him, all of a sudden we begin to understand God's mission in the earth. And let me let you in on just a little bit of a secret. It is not to come to a service one time a week and sit and listen to me yap. Come on. I know you give me some money and I think, you know, that I got to do this. But, but God's doing an organic move right now around the globe by which he's raising up a people who see God for who he really is, who see themselves for who they really are in him, and who understand that mission that he has put us on as a church of the firstborn. Jesus is the Lord. Now, here's the question. If you honestly evaluate your life, this is reflection time. I'm ending with this. If you honestly evaluate your life, are you seeking first the kingdom of God or not? not a trick question. It's just to say, when a person comes into the revelation, knowledge of who God is, there is only one response, and that is the recognition that God has done everything in Jesus by which we can now walk as his sons and as his daughters and be involved actively and passionately in God's purpose around the earth. The Lord is the Spirit. I didn't say that. That's what he says. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is an accurate understanding of who God is, or who God is becoming in our understanding as it's biblically informed. And there is freedom from distortion of who we are. We begin to get free from all of those balls and chains that are around us because we know that Jesus was enough. And we begin to go, that's what you're about in the earth. 
Now, this grows out of a number of weeks of tracing the blessing from the very beginning, the call of Abraham, that I am after a people on the earth whom I will bless. Everybody say, I will bless. I will bless. In order to that I might be a blessing. Come on. Why has God blessed your life? In order that you might be a blessing in all the earth. Now where this thing is going is we're going to begin to look at what it means to experience a royal shift. A shift out of oldness, a shift out of deadness, a shift out of humanness and begin to look at God for who He is and who we are accurately, biblically defined and what God's mission is in the world. Now, the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you're sitting here today and you go, you know what, I've been around church all my life and I cannot say with 100% accuracy that I am filled with the Spirit. What's that mean? I don't know. You've got to determine that. If I can't say with 100% certainty that I have laid my life completely at the feet of Jesus, it's not good enough to sing the song. God is after a people that He has given them an understanding that they need the Spirit of the Lord to do everything. We cannot build this church except the Lord build the house. We cannot expand the kingdom unless the Lord is the king in the midst of those people who are on mission. So let's pray. Any of our worship team around? Maybe I scared them off. I don't know. Let's just pray for just a minute. Father, thank you for giving us an opportunity to just to think through what your word says who you are and who we are in Christ and what our mission and calling and purposes are uh, in the world. If you're here today and have could not answer the question, you know, I'm not sure. See, it's talking about certainty. You can be sure that your life has been filled, captured by the King whenever you turn to Him. See, repentance isn't just being sorry because you're human or you've made a mistake. Repentance is turning to faith in the glorious one who died so that you might be free. Now I know that some of you are here who cannot say with certainty that you're filled with the Spirit. And I would not embarrass you to stand, to lift your hand, or to come up to the front of this church unless God tells you to do that. What I can say to you as your pastor, speaking prophetically through the word of the living God, that God 
has more for you than you have yet experienced. I don't care if you're 99 years old. We are moving from glory unto glory. So that if you need to be filled with the Spirit, I'm going to ask you to do something by which God would see the motivation of your heart. It might be wiggle your big right toe. You know, you know what I'm saying? It might be simply saying in your heart of hearts, God, I need you. I need to see who you are. I need to see who I am in you. I need to see your mission in the world. And God, I can't do it in my own strength. Look at my heart, God, and come and fill me right now with your spirit. Just ask him. Just say in your heart, just God, come right now and fill me with your spirit. Because when a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And the Spirit of God begins to give liberty, freedom from distortion and deception and confusion. Receive afresh this morning by faith the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of liberty, the Spirit of the Lord. somebody as you leave. We are the church of the living God. 